2: Hey there! Welcome to episode three hundred and ten of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian, and I am going to do the quickest intro ever because Colleen and I have a jam-packed episode for you coming up. So this episode is a Diet Culture IRL episode. If you are new to the Find Your Food Voice podcast, welcome. We are rolling out the red carpet for you. We are so excited to. Be able to connect with you today. If you're listening to this episode when it's released, January 17th, or the third Monday of every January, is the most common day for folks to ditch their New Year's resolution. So Colleen and I knew that we needed to do a Diet Culture IRL episode to come out the very next day. Diet Culture IRL episodes are ones that I invite Colleen Bremner to the podcast, and we are unpacking. What is January and also workplace wellness? You know, because of January's seductive bullshit that is international dieting month, you will get so much more emails. You'll get more mailers and flyers and push to think about dieting. So we have a lot to unpack and we're really excited to bring it to you. If you are new to Ditching Dieting, you will find it to be very informative. If you are not new to Ditching Dieting, you are going to get fired up and it's going to propel you forward through all of the year. We're going to get to the conversation with Colleen after a quick break. Are you ready to permanently change your relationship with PCOS If you are living with PCOS and you are tired, sick and tired of being tired with constant primal carb cravings, and you are worried about your health, you're worried about cholesterol levels, blood pressure, maybe blood sugar and insulin levels, and you also are done with dieting, or you're at least ready to table dieting for a little while, well then PCOS Power is for you. The PCOS Power team and I are thrilled to begin our next cohort of PCOS Power. So PCOS Power is the course and community that takes three months to help you go from feeling really lost and believing the lies about your body and PCOS to transform your relationship with PCOS so you can learn the truth about your body and move through every season of your life living with PCOS on your own terms. You also can experience more energy and help balance your blood sugar. Just for Find Your Food Voice listeners, we have a 20% off coupon code. All you have to do is enter the coupon code PODCAST at checkout. You may be wondering when you can actually buy PCOS Power or when you can join this cohort. Today, if you're listening to when this podcast drops, is the first day. So January 17th through 26, you can join PCOS Power's next cohort. So if you want to know the details, go to julieduffydillon.com slash power, and you will get to all the details. And remember, you get 20% off using the coupon code podcast at checkout. Again, it's julieduffydillon.com slash power. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for
0: 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app.
2: Welcome back to Find Your Food Voice. Like I said at the beginning of the show, this is a diet culture IRL. And next up, we are going to hear from Colleen, and she is going to start us off and get this episode going all about diet culture in real time with January and Workplace Wellness.
1: Say- Happy New Year, you wonderful listener, you. We here at Find Your Food Voice hope you had a restful and restorative time away if you were able to take a few days off. And if not, we hope you are able to find some peace in the hibernation that is winter. If you're like me, now is about the time I begin to let whatever New Year's resolution I made in an attempt to feel like I'd be super-duper productive this year melt into the abyss that is the back of my mind I feel like if I call something a New Year's resolution, I just can't commit to it. But if I just say to myself, hey, Colleen, you little gem you, why don't you try adding more reading like, to your list instead of scrolling to your life? Or I want you to work on saying no more often. This feels way more attainable to me. I feel like the same is true with my own nutrition. When I try to cut things out of my diet, it literally never worked. However, when I told myself I wanted to add more, it felt so much better. Did you know that the third Monday of January is usually when a person quits their New Year's resolution diet? I know it's wild, right? It is totally okay if you felt the pull to diet again and you thought, hmm, maybe I should make a New Year's resolution that revolves around a diet. You're not alone. It's super tough after the holidays to be with folks who are still on the diet train or making comments that make you feel like you need to diet. Or if you're like me, your employer is pressuring you to get back on that diet train. Personal example time. On December 29th, right before the new year ended, I got an email from my employer. The subject line read, prepare for a successful new year. Let's just start there. Why in the world do they think they know what success looks like? But also, why do we have the need in this country to constantly have to be doing something in order to feel successful? Short answer, white supremacy. But more on that in another episode. There is a subcategory in this email called Physical well-being Resources, a healthier you. It's a program where a person can enroll in a quote-unquote well-being program and earn cash for entering data about one's diet and exercise level want to know how you get points by entering your height and weight and marking when you shed some pounds. It gives me the heebie-jeebies just saying it to you now. There are challenges to walk a certain number of steps a day, to track your food, to log, again with the quotes here, healthy habits, which is a code for entering your disordered eating and then praising you for it and giving you points that in turn give you money. There's a choose-your-eating type PS when I tried to see if there was an intuitive eating or gentle nutrition category. You guessed it. There was not. I could go on and on about this. But if your employer is pressuring you to complete a health or fitness challenge because they have some partnership with an organization giving them money, I see you. You are not alone. And it totally sucks, especially because you may be trying to heal yourself from disordered eating or an eating disorder. and. Emails or initiatives like this can be especially triggering. The diet industry is a billion-dollar industry, and their success is based on your quote-unquote failure. I use the quotes because I truly hope you know you're not a failure if you couldn't maintain a diet. They aren't meant to maintain. They're actually designed to give you a sense of false hope, and they don't work for most people. Diets throw your eating and hunger cues completely out of whack. Take it from someone who was on a diet train and is just now, after six years of not dieting, finally feeling like I can listen to my body. Listener, If you're looking for direction in another way, one without the constant diet, we are looking forward to teaching you how to divorce that PCOS diet in the PCOS Power course and community. We're even offering a free mini training on PCOS carb cravings, and there's going to be a PCOS Power open house today at 1 p.m. You can still sign up using the link in the show notes. If you sign up and can't make the call, you'll get the recording too, which is pretty dang sweet in my opinion. So if you have questions, you can come ask them right there. And bonus, you get to meet me and Julie. I know. I'm so excited too. Before we get into the discussion, I just want to thank you so much for listening and being open to shifting from the diet realm to a place where you are finding your very own food voice. We're so glad you're here. Hey, Colleen. Hey, Julie. Are you ready to unpack all of this? Ugh, am I ever? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, I like always talk about how diets are seductive, and I think this is like the most seductive time of the year collectively for all of us. And why why do you think that is? Like
1: what makes it so seductive in your opinion? I feel like it's a culmination of things, right? It's mm-hmm. being with people that we're not maybe always with all the time like if we've cultivated kind of a safe space for ourselves in our day-to-day mm-hmm. lives and then we're being thrown back into a space that is just different from what we're used to day-to-day I think that can be one of the reasons that like dieting feels mm-hmm. a little more seductive because mm-hmm. it kind of we're kind of thrown off of our regular uh day-to-day lives a little bit I think that the in-between time of like you know we Thanksgiving, if, if you're in the US uh, to, you know, the holiday season, whether that's Hanukkah or Christmas or um, something else you might celebrate, like just having all of these um, holidays back to back to back with a lot of heavy food sometimes or feeling like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm really indulging, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever that might be. Um, there's this kind of narrative that like, oh, it, January is your time to like, start a cleanse or like start a fad diet because you've been having all these heavy foods. Mm -hmm. And, and it's just, it's kind of the, the narrative that I think we, most of us grow up with. So Mm -hmm. it feels very seductive to, to think like, almost like this hopeful thought of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to do that January come January one. Like I'm kind of totally do that and like commit to something and, Mm -hmm. uh, And that's kind of, I think where the seduction comes, comes into play. Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Yes. Um, Something that you mentioned, I don't think I ever thought about this part. Although, as I say this, like something that I often think about as a dietitian, and I I think also with like that training and counseling is how our relationship with food is a metaphor for so many other things. Mm -hmm. And this is a time of year for a lot of folks, myself included, where, yeah, there is going to be um, connections and exposures to foods that we don't normally see. Like a lot of us have cultural foods that maybe have connections to like certain holidays this time of year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, where we live, it's cold right now. So like, there's also like cozy kind of foods. And um, I think of like um, especially like the, the week between Christmas, which my family and I celebrate and New Year's, like we do a lot of like appetizers just all day long. It's just like, yep. cause we're just h- kind of stuck at home and you know, just that's what we're doing. And I say all this because when we have all these different types of foods, even taking our like the way we feel about food, just having that exposure, it's really normal and natural and expected for kind of a pendulum to swing in the other direction to be wow. kind of like, I'm kind of sick of eating brie that was in the oven with the little yeah. crust around it. I love that. I <laughs> um, love brie. Yeah, that's probably the better word for it. Um, but, but yeah, like there's this normal, natural kind of swing in the other direction. And I do talk about the pendulum a lot when it comes to like our relationship with food. And so for many people... I think what ends up happening is like this extra layer of like, I was bad for having the baked brie or I was bad having, um, all these foods and just, you know, hunkering down in the house instead of like, this is like the flow. This is the natural expectation. This is just how culturally you may be doing things with food in your body. Um, yeah and like it's natural then a few weeks later to be like hey i'm kind of craving some carrots i don't know like something yeah. different <laughs> that's yeah. like cold and crunchy has a different feel and if we could take like the judgment out of it like that yes. pendulum would not swing for too long and and yep. i i say all this to be like that swinging of the pendulum back and forth going from like what may feel like out of control Or some people, you know, would use that word indulge that you use, you know, feeling that indulgement to having less if we didn't judge it and just kind of notice it like, oh yeah, I'm craving a salad instead of like, I have to eat a salad right now. I got to be good. Then it ends up being more in the middle, you know, and not that like swing real violent back and forth is what ends up making that chaotic feeling that I think is like for many people, how they experience their eating disorder, you know, like that violent swing back and forth.
1: Yeah, This is the first year, too, that I didn't feel the need to create a feast for Christmas, which my family Mm -hmm. and I also celebrate. And I think it's because I've been on this journey now for six years that Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? Whatever we let's make something we want to make. Let's not do like the traditional whatever we do. And let's Mm -hmm. make it for two people instead of like making what I normally make, which is way too much food. And then we end up wasting
0: Mm-hmm. probably
1: 80% of, of what mm-hmm. I cook. So yeah. I think even just like, I recognize that this year in, in looking back on the holiday, like, oh, like actually that was really fun. <laughs> like, I didn't mm-hmm. really have a lot of guilt or shame around throwing food away, wasting food. Cause that's a big one mm-hmm. for me. That's probably a reason that I like we'll use the word indulge because I just mm-hmm. don't want to waste everything that I've cooked. And yeah, uh, yeah. so I think that that's also like kind of plays into, into things, but yeah, I think that pendulum kind mm-hmm. of metaphor really resonates with me too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, it's a part of like the food peace journey that can end up feeling kind of like a bummer or sad because when food has that extra power, when you get it, it's like, it's on. Like it's yeah. like you're hooking up with someone real hot, you know? Like, yep. it's like yeah. And so it's re- in
1: a, a different way.
2: Yes. And then the opposite, like the diet also has that like opposite effect and equally seductive. And so yeah. that's why I will I think I even have a blog post on this. Like the food peace journey sometimes is sad because food does not have as much power. So it's not as special. Um and when you don't have the diet that's on the flip side of it, there's also this, like, because of the seduction, there's like this hopefulness, this like energy, this, this like, oh yeah, we're, we're about ready to like take care of shit, be successful, as you know, you, you got in your email. And this is the part where I find so many folks get, if they are trying to quit dieting or trying to recover from an eating disorder, there's like lots of FOMO, like everyone's getting yeah. ready for their diet and. I feel like I'm missing out because, and and I don't know if folks who are like newer to quitting dieting kind of appreciate how much adrenaline is going in that moment of like mm-hmm. preparing to diet. And I would think that a lot of folks between like the last week in, in December are starting that preparation and that's mm-hmm. a part of their eating and feeling that eating, having so much like excitement to it. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. I think so. Yeah.
2: yeah. And so like, for six years you haven't had that kind of let's get ready, let's prepare. And
0: I don't I know that notice like, something
1: Yeah. Like, I noticed something too at the gym. I I do belong to a commercial gym. I'm not going to name names here, but, uh, I, I really like having like Mm -hmm. resources to move my body. And, um, Mm -hmm. I am at a space now in my own journey where all the like dietiness and like bullshit Mm -hmm. that exists there, I can kind of block out. So, uh, I I'm really like grateful for that on my own journey, but I did notice when we went in December, uh, how, how few people were there. And we Mm. went, you know, at the beginning of January, it was packed. Um, and I just, I, I had to notice like, okay, like this, this goes with that cycle, right? Like people are Mm -hmm. away, they're doing their hibernation. They're like kind of whatever they need to do in December. And then that January hits, I I mean, we were there Mm -hmm. this week and it was way more packed than it has been in December and November. Yeah. I
2: don't know if you heard about the some drama with another commercial gym that we will not name that was (laughs) maybe saying on Twitter or some social media that, uh, they don't want people to come to their gym for this January influx. Like they, they are like, we cater to folks who value their health year round. We don't cater Uh, to folks. So I know. And so I'm like, I thought it was so gross. And here's why, because Uh, you like, um, I know all of us are getting so many messages right now that we should be moving our body or we should be focusing on this, and so if someone is wanting to do that to comply, but then they're told no, this is exclusive for folks who care about it more than you. Like, what a fucked up
1: yeah, way to we already have contribute enough to, to oppression. Navigate. Come on, <laughs> yes. we already have enough to navigate.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, if that wasn't like the most classist thing to say. Ugh. Um, and also, like, of course, contributing to the oppression
1: of fat folks, yeah. And ugh. access, like, can we talk yeah. about access? Like, come on, uh, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't even have good words, Julie. <laughs> I'm sorry to shock you. I should have told you about it. <laughs> I yes. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm reacting here, but I had yes. no idea about this. Yeah. And also, like, what a shame. And like, what a right. pity for like, ugh. Yeah. Just right. Ugh.
2: And, and you know, it's something like I think about how this time of year there is a lot of FOMO and like how people are connecting over starting their diet and the conversations and how it can be, um, hard, sad. It can feel like you could feel excluded to just not subscribe to that to be like i'm i'm checking out of this conversation i've left the chat however you want to yep. signify it but i think that's only really like the beginning you know this yeah. this conversation including this gym that we're not going to name like how much the january seduction to diet contributes to the harm to folks in higher weight bodies like how it contributes to that oppression and how um, not only is dieting, we know long-term contribute to hurting your health, but like part of why it is so harmful is because it's hurting you by this oppression. Like we know oppression yeah. is something that causes more inflammation, which predicts disease. It causes higher insulin levels. So that's why I will never back down against this dieting thing because like, it's yes. like hurting all of us, especially folks in higher weight bodies. And so um, yeah. It's part of like why this time of year is, um, not only is it seductive, not only is it like FOMO, but yeah, I think it, it is really, really, really harmful.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, I wish we had a magic wand. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> so would
2: you be willing to talk a little bit more about your workplace email that you mentioned?
1: Yes, so I was floored when I got this email, but also yeah. not that surprised because yeah. uh, I I mean I've received things like this before in previous positions. Like this is not mm-hmm. a, like just my employer situation. Like, and I'm sure many of you who are listening have received something like this as Mm -hmm. well. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, it's that same kind of conversation to me when someone is like, oh, well, I'm just commenting on your body because I'm concerned about your health. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of like when I get emails like that, I'm like, but you don't belong <laughs> anywhere commenting on anything about anything outside of my work responsibilities. So please do not mm-hmm. message me anything related to this. Um, yes.
2: That's, so, there's, it's none of their business. It's none of their business, bus- what your BMI is, it's what you ate bus- for lunch. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. And, and like, there's so many HR things that, it came is for like me so obvious. Yeah. That is obvious. Like we don't talk about, but somehow this has become something that it's okay to talk about and to push right. and, and to make it like, well, you don't, you can opt out by, by opting out for some people. That means they have to pay more money
1: or they lose out on a benefit, Yeah, you know? And what's ironic about all of this is that we also do a training that is an inclusivity training that speaks directly to fat phobia and Ooh, not commenting on people's weight. So, that's amazing which is in itself. is amazing. I know. I, yeah. when I started this position, I, I reached out to Rachel, as you, many of you know, who is also on the PCOS power team and one of my dearest friends. And we talked about this and she's like, that's incredible. I was like, I yeah. know. And then I get this email and I'm like, but like are but you your doing but your yeah health. but like are you doing what you're saying you're
2: doing <laughs> mm-hmm. so oh yeah i have a feeling that there's this like dissonance that mm-hmm. you, the listener especially as you are doing more work and your diet culture recovery or eating disorder recovery of like wait we're talking about um being inclusive or that all bodies are good bodies but yet you're still talking about dieting and yes, we know that's frustrating. We know that's exhausting. And to just name that like organizations who are doing this thing where they have this dissonance where it's like, you're talking out of both sides of their mouth. They haven't gotten it all the way yet. Like they, um, and like you mentioned in your diet culture IRL, like there's money involved oftentimes. And like, this is, it, it's capitalism. Basically, it's this big, huge system that is preventing folks from really continue to move forward. And so on an individual level, I think we can do a lot to like move through that dissonance where we can be like, okay, wait, wait, health. No, let's, let's tease them apart. And, yeah. um, but these bigger kind of groups and organizations, it's going to take more. So we just need to keep you know, being the squeaky wheel, I guess, you know, keep talking about it. Something I wanted to mention is December 20th episode of December 20th of 2022 episode of Maintenance Phase. That podcast did a deep dive into workplace wellness and it is outstanding. Um, Michael Hobbs does a deep dive in all the research, like why did it start? Um, What have they found? And I listened to it before this episode because I wanted to make sure that um been, I haven't missed any of the research, you know, knowing that he just did a recent deep dive was helpful because one thing I know as a dietitian, you know, early on as a dietitian, that was like the first job that most of us had was doing workplace wellness programs at hospitals where we were clinical dietitians and they felt so stupid. They felt, and they, it was obvious after the first round, like, Oh, these actually don't do anything. Like it, it didn't show, and by by work, you know, it was kind of a, it was a weight centric kind of working. Like, did it actually cause weight change? And what I noticed in my own like weight-centric attempts to help people at a hospital to lose weight is that it um didn't result in any weight change after a year. And what research has found is that like these workplace wellness kind of pushes all the different types. They at the one year mark, there's no weight change. There may be like a pound or a kilo, you know, some of them show that, but, um, it's, it relies on self-report, which is, um, you know, those who are listening, who are in research that they're probably like, Oh, you know, like self-report is something <laughs> that you just like, it's, it's a wishy-washy way to, to, to keep track. But even more because of the health, you know, we're just worried about your health. They show that they actually don't change health outcomes it doesn't improve labs it doesn't improve like if someone has high blood pressure or diabetes or high cholesterol the only thing it does is heighten a person's awareness about these things like and honestly for you the listener do you do you really need to know more about how weight and health are connected are you, is this a new concept for anyone at this point like is this new news like <laughs> I think it's like wrong, but like, do we really need to have more quote awareness about, I don't know, like weight and health? I think it's like, it's something we come out of the womb now knowing like it's, it's passed down through generations. Um, So yeah, maybe these workplace wellness things heighten awareness about what is health or what is, what is healthy eating and, you know, things like that, which are so ambiguous anyway, but they don't actually change a person's health. So yeah. there are a waste some money that you could be putting into, I don't know, universal healthcare or something. So I don't, something productive. <laughs> <laughs> like actually improve access to care. Um yeah. and yeah, the, the thing that this maintenance phase podcast does a really great job of, I thought, was like highlighting how irresponsible it is for HR departments to have these workplace wellness like initiatives or programs or um and require folks to like report these things, how it is a big HR violation, but somehow it's been able to slip through the cracks because of some, in the U.S. because of some laws passed back in like 2008. So yeah. Thank you, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It got snuck, it snuck in and yeah, listen to the episode because they talk about like there was one company, I think it was the Safeway company. They said that they were saving all this money um, by doing workplace wellness and then, like a month or two before, all this lobbying went into like inserting these workplace wellness programs into policy. Two months before, we find out that they actually lied about the data. Of like, it was, course, <laughs> <laughs> like totally, we're like, yeah, no, we lied, like that. <laughs> so, so anyway, if you want to get real fired up about this. If you're needing some ammo as you're getting these emails, and I know these emails for workplace wellness are not just in December and January, like they come throughout the oh, no, year. Oh, they come
1: throughout the year. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So if you need some ammo or you just need a respite, um hang out with Colleen and me and go listen to that Maintenance Space podcast because yes. it'll help you just to to be able to have some like ways to like concrete things to stand on. And the other thing I'll mention before I let it go is that <laughs> working with people <laughs> one-on-one who are eating disorder recovery? Like one of the greatest gifts I had was working with folks for years, you know, being able to see people in the very early part of their eating disorder recovery or their diet culture recovery kind of journey, their their process. And you know, there are lots of folks I worked with for ten years or more. And so as these workplace wellness initiatives became more prevalent, people that I've been working with for ten years who had like a deadly eating disorder and had been in recovery for years would get these emails requiring them to go to like weight watchers or something in order to save a hundred dollars a month on their insurance. Um, how it just for, it was the cause of the relapse. Like there was nothing else that changed, you know, and that is like deadly. And if so much of it, this is about money, but it's also very expensive to relapse in eating disorder world. You know, like this is something that's very expensive for someone to recover from. I don't put dollar signs on people, but like if that's the way they're, why they're focusing on it for workplace wellness, well, you have another thing coming What's <laughs> making someone um, relapse. And so it's not only is it like probably just an email that someone's going to delete or it's um, something that's contributing to oppression, but it also can be deadly for folks who are recovering. So, um, yeah, just another reason to keep people from going to the doctor as well. I've got, I got fired up. I mean, I need to like hose myself off or something.
1: (laughs) Honestly though, it's, I mean, when you're talking about literal people's lives and Mm -hmm. oppression, yeah, we should be fired up. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, whenever those things happened,
2: um, it did change some insurance companies' minds because of the dire experiences people are going through. So if you do have the capacity, you shouldn't have to do this. But if you do have the capacity to push back, it can cause a ripple effect to promote change. And so we support you on that. Um, yes. And also support you if you just are like, I can't, I need to just delete the email.
1: Yep. So we
2: Also support that. <laughs> yes. Um, we are running out of time, but I... Want to spend like a, just a moment to talk about one more thing because we're releasing this episode, like you mentioned earlier, like the third week of January, like the third Monday of January is most often when most people are ditching their New Year's resolutions. And yeah. so I picture someone listening to this episode, stumbling upon it right around that time, and maybe had a New Year's resolution that was. To lose weight or to diet or to eat healthier, or something like that. And just like everybody else, ditching that New Year's resolution, but instead of thinking, oh, this is just what is expected because of how the human body relates to food and exercise and lives in fat phobia, instead of that, maybe blaming themselves, feeling ashamed that they couldn't make it work, that they may feel like a failure. You know, um, there was this one person I worked with a long time ago who she's given me permission to say this, but, um, I remember her saying at one point, you know, whenever I quit a diet, I fail three times. Um, these are the words she said, I wasn't able to successfully do this diet. I was a quitter. And her words was, I am still fat. Like she felt like it was like this trifecta of shame. So if someone's listening, who's like, yep, that's me. Um, what do you do? You have any thoughts for that person, or like anything that comes to mind for you? Like what what would be helpful for that person to maybe just turn their
1: head a little bit in another direction and not blame themselves? I think I would tell that person three things back, and that would be: you're not a failure for quitting a diet. You actually chose yourself by doing that, mm, yeah. and the second piece to that, what was her, what was the second one? A quitter and the diet didn't work. And, and you're choosing a different journey. So not necessarily Mm. that the diet didn't work, but maybe you're, you're deciding again, a different path. That doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. like the different path is the wrong one. Mm. And the last piece to that being that I'm still fat, there is nothing to be ashamed of living Mm -hmm. in a fat body. And Mm -hmm. I wish that I had told myself that every second of every day growing up, that there's nothing to be ashamed of living in this body. And and now I can say that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yes.
2: Yes. And for those who may be like, what about the health? You know, the thing that I know to be true is we are living longer now we ever had (laughs) and we weigh more. Why can't that be a part of that? You know, uh, I don't think weight has a causational kind of connection for most folks, like maybe statistical extremes, but take those out and you know, weight is just, it's just there, you know, it's not a causational thing. And what if maybe it actually is a part of how we are living longer? Like, What if that's true? And Yeah. Choosing yourself and choosing a different journey. I love that. And for many people, especially like newer to ditching diets or considering not going on another diet, it may feel like a really hard sell or even may feel like impossible to not think of weight in a negative way or to um, thinking that dieting is like the only answer But what I heard, Colleen, what I heard you say is basically like, you can choose to practice a second thought. You know, you can choose to say, I'm choosing something different for right now. And I'm choosing to think that my body isn't wrong. And I'm choosing to think that right now I'm choosing myself. That's my favorite part of what you said. Like you're choosing yourself. And I, yeah, I just love that. I love that so much. And That's something you can do in
1: January. That's something you can do in May. You can do that in September. (laughs) You can do that. A friendly reminder throughout the year. Just come back and listen to all the Diet Culture IRLs. Yes.
2: Yes. yes. Oh, Colleen, thank you so much for your um, input, your wisdom.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me once again. And thank you, listener, for listening in.
2: Yes. And uh, we hope you have a happy new year. Woo! 2023. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Colleen Bremner and we hope it helps to fuel you in this third week of January or whenever you're listening to choose you, choose yourself and move away from dieting. We are with you every step of the way. This episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast is brought to you by PCOS Power. Remember, we are starting the January cohort today. Today is the first day that you can sign up. Go to julieduffiedillon.com slash power for all the details. And don't forget, you get 20% off using the coupon code podcast at checkout. If you enjoyed this episode, we are so grateful. Sharing and subscribing this episode is one of the most important things you can do if you want to spread the word, if you want more folks to help find their own food voice. So share an episode with someone that you know is also ditching ditching dieting or subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episode. All right. So until next time, take care. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Ready to join the anti-diet movement and take the food voice pledge? Go to julieduffydillon.com and sign your name to the growing list of people saying no to diets and yes to their own Food Voice. The Find Your Food Voice podcast is produced by me, Julie Duffy Dillon, and my team of kick-ass folks. I couldn't make the show without Yelly Cruz, assistant producer and resident book feed, and Colleen Bremner, customer service coordinator and professional hype master. Audio editing is from Toby Lyles at 24 Sound. Music is Fly Free by Hartley. Are you looking for episode transcripts? Get them at juliedaffydillon.com where you can also submit letters for the podcast, give us feedback and sign the Food Voice Pledge. We need your voice to end diet culture. We literally can't do this without you. Subscribe to the Find Your Food Voice podcast to get weekly inspiration and education on how we can defeat diet culture and reclaim our own food voice. I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Take care.